Hello, everybody, and welcome to Stationary Freaks podcast with me, Helen Lazowski, and... And me, Rob Lambert. I've been allowed to do the introduction. It feels like I've been promoted, Rob. <laughs> well, I don't know. Promoted, allowed? You make it sound like I'm really controlling. <laughs> <laughs> capable, Rob. What You are capable. Capable, capable. Um, you did a great job there, Helen. Great job. Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, so today um, we thought we'd give a, a bit of a go. So last podcast that we did... I talked at length and excitably about uh, my new terrifying thing of uh, switching from bullet journaling to a Hobonichi cousin planner. So I thought, before we review how that's going, <laughs> which we'll do in a later podcast, I thought what we'd do, Rob, is I would talk to you. One of the things I haven't done, because it's not in a bullet journal, is particularly goals. And you are really hot on goals, and I'm all very much about, well, I have a direction of travel. I maybe have a couple of ideas of what might be nice. But you are have always been <laughs> the king of goals. So <laughs> I thought we could talk a little bit, and I would perhaps ask you some questions about what you do with goals, why you do it, yeah. how you go about it. So, so... You do goals, Rob. I do. Are you doing them this year? Uh, of course, of course, yeah. Um, that was good because we didn't check before we kicked off this podcast. <laughs> we? <laughs> I mean, pretty short, pretty short podcast, is it? I'm not doing goals this year. Uh, no, I, I always have goals. I'm a, I'm a sort of goal-driven. I think all humans are goal-driven to some extent. Whether we articulate them and write them down is probably the, the bit that we're going to talk about. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely doing goals this year. Um, I keep saying I'm not as, I, I guess, not being as ambitious as usual, but. I probably am. I've just tried to psychologically convince myself that I'm not. Um, so yeah, definitely doing goals. Is that like saying these are going to be easy <laughs> as opposed to these are going to be really challenging? Is that why you're convincing yourself? Uh, no, it's more, I, I've I've cut them down. So I think we did a podcast last year or we, we've done a podcast in the past around goals. And I think when we did that podcast, you had about three or four goals that you were trying to head towards. And I had about, I had about 27. And Right. And so this year I've convinced myself that I've only actually really got four or five goals, but really what that is are just containers for a series of other goals. <laughs> so. <laughs> so like, okay, so like it's buckets of gold. So yeah. so how do you do your goals then? How do you do? Have you done them this year, for example? Is it is it the same as every other year? Yeah, bro broadly speaking, broadly speaking, I've switched around the, the stationary aspects of it and the tracking. And the tracking of goals is always something that um, confuses me and baffles me all year, but we could talk about that later. So what I do, um, obviously, I run a, another channel as well. Um, and on that channel, what I do every year as part of the newsletter is I do what's called an annual review. Now, I'm not the first to create this. I've seen many, many people do these. I, uh, I've always sort of done this, a bit of reflection at the end of the year, usually um, week before Christmas when I'm not usually working, so I've got a bit of time to do a bit of an annual review. And I started sharing them on the newsletter about three years ago, and people really resonated with them. Now, they're based around various different pillars of my life. So, you know, health, productivity, finances, family, different sorts of pillars that I believe make me who I am. So that review is based on essentially what did I get done last year? Was it a good year? Um, essentially. And I, I I go quite deep with the introspection personally. I don't always share all of that stuff as part of the, the, the broadcast to, to my listeners and, and readers. And that annual review allows me to, to look at areas where I need to improve, look at areas that are going quite well. Then I let that settle for a while, a couple of weeks, and I ponder what do I want to do this next year. 
I work on yearly basis just because it makes a huge amount of sense to do the calendar year as it is. And then I spend a bit of time plotting out, um, I guess, looking at this sort of painted picture of my future. What do I really want in the future now, five years, 10 years, and come up with a whole series of goals that allow me to get towards that. So I'm on track. Um, the reason being is because, you know, we can let a year pass by. It just disappears like last year did. Yeah. And if we haven't done anything, even micro stuff towards that sort of bigger picture that we want, we could find in five years that we're miles away. So that's the idea. I like the idea. And that's why I have a direction of travel. But I am much, I'm quite curious because you are quite obsessional about the goal setting, which is why I thought this would make a good conversation. Um, And you're right about it makes sense to do it in a, a sort of a January, December time, because at the end of the year, as we think of it, perhaps in this Western culture, there are probably other ways of doing it. Of course. It naturally is a time where you start to reflect and start. I mean, this is why New Year's resolutions are even yeah. exist as a thing, right? Uh, I'm not a fan. No, <laughs> me neither, me neither. But it's a really good time to start something new and to have a go and, and or to restart something that you dropped. Um, just psychologically, there's something really good about that January, the first thing. I was slightly disappointed when you were talking there to hear that you don't rate the year of, you know, when you're there saying, I reflect on the year and decide how well I've done on each of these sections. My brain automatically went to, well, what do you do? Give it a score out of 10. (laughs) My instinct. And you're like, no, no, no. I, 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 you know, I've got visions now of you writing like pages of reflections of, yeah. Is that how you do it? Is it sort of a prose rather than a. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think so. In order to give it, uh, I suppose, a rating of like one to five or one to 10, I could do. Um, But it would be, it'd be a very subjective number. And, you know, there's obviously some tangible stuff. We'll talk about that in a bit. There's some measures and there's some tangible things, but there's also a huge amount of stuff that you can't measure easily. You know, your relationship with your your family, your wife, your kids, et cetera. Maybe your health, you can measure certain things like weight and calories and that and fitness and how many workouts you've done. But there's also that other element, which is how you feel, you know, that's really hard to put a measure on that. I'm not a huge fan of numbers and measures full stop, uh, partly because they often tell you the wrong thing. And if you just go by that, you you know, you could be way off track. It's more a, a very much a feeling, very much a sort of, yeah, prose, you know, deconstruct it. I might have, you know, done 25 videos last year, but did I did I feel good because of that? What was the outcome of that? Yeah. And, you know, when you put anything out there, these podcasts, anything, you're going to get criticism. And sometimes that criticism cuts deep. And so I'm kind of like, do I really want to keep putting videos out there if I'm going to get those one or two hateful comments? And so you work through that kind of mental drama that comes with a lot of the stuff that we're trying to do. Yeah. Um, Obviously, some things went really well last year. Some things didn't. My health was one that didn't. I didn't work out enough. I didn't eat clean. I felt pretty rubbish towards the end of the year. Trying to put a number on that, I could say, yeah, negative two. But what does that give me? doesn't help me anyway, really, uh, to move no, forward. And that's true, isn't it? So that that's the thing, isn't it? Which is whatever method you are doing to set your goals and whatever method you're doing to track those goals, if it's not making you better if it's not helping you be better and more consistent then there's no point right there's it's a complete waste of effort yeah absolutely and you know as we pass through different seasons of life different things become more important to us or less important and also you know i kind of treat all of these goals as a bit of an experiment and some of these experiments run for two to three years like the youtube channel uh this podcast is a three we're in year three now are we i think it's more than that because we probably started it before Oh, yeah, probably did. It's year four, maybe year five. 
And so some of these things are experiments that you go, do I want to keep doing this? You know, what are the numbers telling us? How do I feel about it? Is it a good use of my energy and attention? And then other things you just, you might drop. Other things you might have a new interest that you want to pick up. So yeah, we'll talk about measures in a minute. But um, yes. really for, for me, those goals are all about where am I going in that big picture? You know, and am I, am I heading towards it? And if not, what do I need to do to course correct? I'd like... Yeah, so I'd like to know because this is a stationary podcast. Let's we'll get on to the tracking and measuring in a minute. What do you use for your reflections? Is it just like your favorite yellow legal pads, or do you <laughs> it and keep those reflections and those sort of goal setting things in a special journal? What do you do? Well, we did a podcast on journaling before. I'm a big journaler. I, I still do it not not every day, but at least once a week. I'm I'm writing in the journal, so it's good to. You know, we've got this recency effect, haven't we, where we remember the things that are most recent to us. So it's good to have that, you know, be able to go back in the journal and have a look. How did I feel in March last year? You know, how did I feel in April? And the journals are really, really nice um, sort of journey to go through to see how your mood is changing. And for me, definitely my mood lifts when we get to spring. I'm not a big fan of winter. Um, I have all these ambitious stuff. I don't get much done and then spring comes around and then I'm super productive and you know lots of stuff happens so I need to bear that in mind each year to to you know take on board that sort of stuff when I'm reflecting the journal's obviously that one part that's ongoing that constant journey that's with me but for this particular exercise I typically grab a sheet of A3 paper and I just do a mind map so oh, really yeah um, all the stuff, you know, I'll obviously pull some numbers from the internet from various things, but generally it's an A3 mind map, all the different pillars of my life, and then, you know, little bubbles of reflection and thoughts about whether or not it's actually moving in the right direction. That's not at all how I imagined it would be, Rob. That's very interesting. <laughs> I'm a big fan of, big fan of A3. Uh, I've started doing posters, and uh, the A3 format to me is just the perfect size. You know, it's just big enough to be able to put something on your wall or, or actually get your ideas down on paper. And it's not yeah. too big that you can't fit it on a decent sized desk and, you know, have a little bit of fun with it. In praise of the A5. Uh, no, not A5. Is it A3? Is it A3. Yeah. In praise of the A3. Um, all of my learning notes are in A3. So I've got an A3 folder that's just uh, full of learning notes. So yeah, I'm a big fan of the A3 format. Okay. So moving on with your goals then, they're all set and they're all you're high, lofty and I don't know goals sub goals and goals and all of that all set up in um a three sheet of paper and then you've got your journal for recording as you go is it just that you record using that journal or is it uh that journal is just something you do anyway and that you track your goal how do you track your goals I suppose is the question I should ask Ah, uh, I feel like we might have skipped it ahead a little bit because um, the it's only the reflection piece happens on the A3. So when I come to actually write my goals, I typically use a new notebook and we're big fans of using new notebooks for new events, for new projects. And, and actually, my uh, middle kid was struggling to buy me something for Christmas. He really wanted to buy me something with his own money for Christmas, which was just wonderful and uh, such a lovely uh, sort of thought. And we were in our favorite stationary disaster zone of all time, TK Maxx. And oh, I know, because you don't know what you're going to get in there. No. It's, I think we talked about it on a cast a couple of casts ago. It feels like they've given the most junior member of staff all of the stationery that they've got in the warehouse and said, just randomly put it all over the shelf. It's an absolute car crash of, uh, of stationery. But there are some good nuggets in there. There's often some pretty affordable moleskins. 
and I saw this um, little red, oh, I'm not sure what size it is, it's very, very tiny pocket notebook, and it was just in his price bracket. And I said, you know what? That would be amazing. So I went off to another shop, and he obviously bought that, wrapped it up, and gave it me for Christmas. And this whole podcast started with this idea that there's some potential in stationery. There's there's just something that we use it for to to get that potential. And my son buying me this notebook um, is his belief in my potential, so to speak. So I'm treating this notebook with a lot of respect because he's it's his money. He's paid for it. He's bought it. And he's showing his love for me. But obviously, there's some potential there that I'm hoping to release. So I've written on the front in a in a Posca. Is it Posca marker? Um, 2024 Ideas and Dream to Reality book is what I've called it. Ah, and I in there, I've this on Instagram. Rob. Yeah, you probably have. And in there is my list of gold buckets. I'm going to call them gold buckets. There's only five of them, and they are the things I'm going after for 2024. Ah, okay. Nice. So that is, so what what happens with that book now? Because that five things probably only takes up page one. Yeah, actually, it's on page three is the five things. Page one is my painted picture, which oh, I think yeah. we've done a cast. We might have done a cast on that before. If not, we, um, did. we, we could, did. We could. Yeah, yeah. And um, so this is me painting a rich picture. That's on one page. On the opposite page is an ideal Rob. I always do this ideal Rob. It never changes. It's got at the moment. 13 things that if I was to able to do these 13 things every day, I would be the the perfect husband, perfect dad, perfect person. Obviously, that's a journey towards that because I, I, I sometimes only achieve one or two on there. But they're reminders of, um, I guess, behaviors or habits or things that I should do. So, you know, I'm quite a tall person. You've met me in real life. I'm quite tall. Yeah. I don't stand up that tall. I hunch over. And so one of them is stand tall, exude presence. That's what it is. You know, you use your height in some respects to stand tall and be, you know, who I am. Uh, another one is move, work out, eat clean. So that's reminding me to do those things. So it's reminders of sort of perfect ideal Rob. Uh, that's page two. Then page three is the goals. And then the rest of the book is going to be a gratitude journal. Um, it's not going to be full of notes. It's not going to be a journal of my thoughts. It's going to be things that I'm grateful for. Like I say, this I'm revering this notebook as a, you know, something that my son invested in for me, it's going to yeah. be positive, it's going to be focused, and it's going to be used for nothing but all positive good stuff. You've now got that. Yes. So is that now talking about how we're going to track these? Kind of, I mean, yeah. Presumably, you're going to have to do stuff and finish stuff to get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm trying to really hard not to guess how you measure this <laughs> okay let's let's jump into a few goals so um we work in the corporate world they are always there's always somebody coming up with some new term for what is essentially a goal you know we call them management by objectives so sometimes called okrs you know we've got all of these different phrases which are really fundamentally coming down to one thing which is we're going to try and do something yeah. and for me, I like the idea um, of a goal being measurable and time-bound. So they're the only two constraints I have on it. If I can't measure the goal, and sometimes that's subjective, so I have to be a little bit careful here, but most of them are measurable. If I can't measure it and it does not have a time on it, it's not a goal. Okay, It's a wish, it's a dream, it's a hope, it's something other than a goal. 
So what I do is I then work out what I want to try and achieve, and then I list the goals, which is why I've sort of lied to myself, because I've got four buckets. Mm. Uh, but within those buckets are a series of really sort of micro goals, smaller goals. So yeah. one of them is to launch uh, another podcast on my other channel, which is called Here's an Idea Worth Playing With. And the goal is to have published at least one episode a month by the end of the year. So the measure is 12 episodes. The deadline is December the 15th, I think it is, because you don't want to put end of the year because you'll, yeah. <laughs> you've got Christmas in the way and all sorts of stuff. So that's super measurable. It's very time bound and I can track that as I go. So I went on Etsy because you raved about Etsy. Oh, and I do love it. <laughs> I hadn't been on Etsy for a long time and I went on and I found uh, a shop. I can't remember the guy's name, but he, he basically travels around England and buys up old stationery. So you imagine an old uh, school is closing down. He will go and buy all of the stationery from that school. And some of the stuff he has is from the 50s and the 60s and the 70s. So I bought myself a sheet of ledger paper, you know, a classic yeah. finance ledger where you got date, reference, debt, etc. And, I, well, I got five sheets for about £8, and these are from the 1950s. There's nothing on them. They're completely blank. And so I've written on there the whole year, January through to December, and all of the things that I hope to deliver in those particular months. So this is bringing those goals to life. So for example, January, um, do the setup for the podcast, get it all set up, all the audio and everything. Uh, February, create two episodes. And then March, one episode, et cetera. And that's how I track it in this ledger. Ah, oh, okay. So this, and I, you're going to hate me for this. This sounds like just like a particular kind of bullet journal spread to me, Rob. It's yeah, just it could be. You've got a calendar and you've written down there <laughs> the things that you're aiming to do. I mean, I'm glad that you're embracing my way. I might embrace your yeah. way with the goals. Of course. Now, the reason I do, and, and we'll talk about Todoist in a minute, because Todoist plays an important role in this. Um, but the reason I've done it on a sheet of ledger, firstly, because it looks really cool. It's from the 50s and it's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's I like a, it. a sort of pale pink, really cool, kind of old school. It looks amazing. It's a, it's a loose sheet, so it's not in a binder of any sort. So I can put that in wherever I've got the notebook at the moment. So it could be a legal pad. It could be anything that I'm using for day-to-day -day notes. Or I could, um, you know, old school, punch some holes in it and stick it in a binder, which is what I've start, started to do with a lot of stuff. But the reason for choosing this is I can only get so much onto this ledger. That's the point, because... The ledger's full and it looks pretty overwhelming with all of the other stuff that I'm trying to do, but I haven't got infinite room like you do in a digital tool to really add loads and loads of stuff. So I'm using the boundaries of the physical paper to constrain my overambitious, um, overenthusiastic and overoptimistic mind that I can achieve all of these amazing things. So I've yeah. condensed it. I've shrunk it. That's what it is. I can look at it every day. Actually, and I like the idea of it being sort of, I mean, you almost kind of want to frame it, but do you interact with it? Do you do cross things off? You you know, how do you mark that that's done? How do you, or do you not visually track it like that? Yeah, uh, I've got it right here in front of me. I plan once I've done stuff, we're still in January, so I'm still working through a few yeah. of these. I plan to just use a highlighter and just highlight through once it's done. And I've got a little section at the top just to remind me of why I'm doing these things because the why is super important. You know, when life gets in the way um, and you look at your list and you feel overwhelmed, 
you might just go, I don't want to do any of that. But the why is actually super important. So that's up at the top. And yeah, I just plan on going through with a highlighter and striking through. And anything that doesn't get done, I guess by default, it's still on that list until it gets done. Well, yes. I mean, or you make a decision that that, that wasn't to be or I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. Scratch it off and say, I'm not going to do that actually. Or move it to another month, but I'll just leave it on there until I've uh, done it. And this is also going to be good for the annual review because I'll be able to actually look back at this one sheet of paper and say, yay or nay, was it was it good from those perspectives? I like that. And I mean, the things you've got on there from the sound of it are what I would consider binary. So you say they're time bound and they're, and they're you know, specific things. But I like the from the sound of it, the, the couple that you described are it's either done or it's not. There's no kind 100%. of sort of maybe. And I really, really like goals to be binary because actually yeah. when I've set things like that, it's either done or it's not. And that is just a wording thing. It's not to do with the goal. But if you get to the end of the year and you can kind of say, oh, well, yeah, I kind of really, I did most of that or it kind of, yeah, mostly I did that, you know, be better Helen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, yeah, I kind of did that. It, but, you know, in what ways? specific yeah. yeah absolutely and that's that that's that measurable piece if you can't measure it, it's not it's not um you can't say you've done it and you'll make excuses for yourself now obviously coming up with those measures and those time deadlines requires maybe a bit of fluidity as you go through the year and obviously being realistic you know you know what i was like i was last year it was like publish a zine every quarter and a book once yeah. a year plus the podcast plus the newsletter yeah it was too much so this year it's it's a lot more scaled down and it's a lot more realistic in terms of what I can achieve given we've got house renovation, all sorts of other stuff going on in our life. Um, they all count, so, like they're all things yeah. that are being done. Yeah. So yeah, very, very simplified, but still very measurable to your point. I can draw a line through it and say, yes, I did this. A good example is uh, January, this podcast, uh, we have been running this for, we don't know, but we think somewhere, somewhere between four or five years. And we've never post-produced the audio in a in a sort of uh, professional way. It's always just been me hacking around with GarageBand. So I do apologize, listeners, if uh, some of the audio has been a bit shonky. So one of the goals for January was to work out and learn how to get it ready for production-grade podcasting. And we're close to that. I'm close to understanding how to do that. So yeah, it's those sorts of levels. But then there's also big levels like get the draft done on my Zero to Keynote book, which is a big task. That's a big monumental goal for this month. Um, we're heading in, closing in on it. So yeah, getting there. Nice. So the earlier you mentioned um, Todoist, which plays an important part as well. So how so? Well, Todoist then becomes the day-to-day to-do list that I'm looking at. So each of these things, so for example, recording this podcast is an activity in Todoist. I've got it in there. Yeah. Um, it changes every week. We're a bit fluid with this, but that's cool. Uh, my newsletter always goes out every Wednesday. So that's in Todoist, published newsletter. And, you know, all the social media that goes, it's in Todoist. And then Todoist captures all of the, I guess, the micro tasks that are needed to be done to achieve that goal. So in Todoist, I'm just opening it up now to have a look. I do have a project called Goals. And in there are all those goals that I've got written in that red book and on the ledger. They're all in there with a deadline. Yeah. And then there's a project for each one of those within Todoist. And in there are the day-to-day actions i also have one called shipping forecast which is my term for just getting stuff done and um in there is basically a calendar view monday to friday or saturday sunday as well um and in there is basically the things that need to be done on that day so i'm looking at the wednesday column and it says publish newsletter 
Um, looking at the Sunday column, it says publish Stationary Freaks podcast. So it's my day-to-day schedule, but it also contains those micro tasks that need to be done to get those goals done. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of Todoist as well, and I use it in a similar sort of way. I have to be honest, I was really impressed. Um, Todoist Center, you know, as many companies do when you sign up there, they send you newsletters. Uh, But they sent one out saying, hey, if you want to uh, review the stuff you've already got in Todoist and maybe tidy it up, which is absolutely a new year kind of thing, yeah. Uh, here we've got some templates for you to have a go at. And they took you through different types of productivity. Uh, what kind of productivity do you use? I skipped all of that. Uh, but what I did do <laughs> was use one of their templates for going through and just tidying up some of I have lots and lots of repetitive tasks in there mm. because they're stuff that I need to do every month or every three months or uh, don't forget to, you know, I don't know. There's all sorts of things in there anyway. And they, I've, Going through and reviewing all of that in a controlled way, according to their checklist, um, it took me several, over several days. I had two or three goes at it over several days. I got to the end of it and it's a just, you know, it's done exactly what I wanted it to do. <laughs> so, you know, good on them for that. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great tool for things like, you know, recurring tasks, like publishing the newsletter. It happens every Wednesday. You just type the task in and type every Wednesday and it automatically does it for you. But it's got some really neat features. So if something's coming up, you know, I've got a a list of people to stay in contact with or people to reach out to. And if that pops up and I'm not right in the headspace to do it, but I know it's not important to get done now, it's got nice features like I'm going to do that at the weekend or next week and it just reschedules it for you. There's some really cool stuff in there. Um, But that's really where I'm tracking the day-to-day activity of, of getting stuff done, you know, setting up the podcast, creating the URLs and doing all this kind of stuff. That's all tasks in Todoist. But the ledger is where I hold the goals. The red book is where I hold the bucket of goals and the painted picture. And then the journal is my day-to-day working through how I'm cracking on with stuff. And that's it. And then rest of the stationery is just for notes, doodles, sketches, learning notes, other stuff like that. Looking pretty on the shelf in the case of some of mine, to be fair. <laughs> mine are getting used. I've actually really got into scrap noting. So, you know, capturing receipts or uh, posters or pictures and then just sticking them in my uh, in my scrap notebook. I'm really enjoying that. It's proper old school. Yeah, I've just I've done a quick recce and I reckon I've got six notebooks that I use regularly. Seven if you yeah. include the desk pad. Uh, it's quite a, yeah, it's, but it works quite nicely as a system if you work from home. If I had to carry all of those with me, <laughs> all the places, it would get old quite quickly. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yes. I know what you mean. I've got I've got like seven notebooks on the go, and I bought these. Um, they're actually tool bags. They're canvas tool bags. They're only probably the size of an A4, and they came in a pack of four from Amazon. They're really hard wearing. You can't cut through them or rip them. They've got a really nice big zip and a and a, a sort of lock on the top. And I've got four of these and I filled one with stationery, one with scrap note kind of stuff like Pritt stick, uh, scissors, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, one with coloring pens and then one with um, sort of writing type stuff. So fancy pens and what have you. And I've got, I've got these four bags and seven notebooks. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to ever having to transport that lot around with me. It's nuts, but it's so organized. I feel really on top of the world now. It's good. You need a little trolley to put it all along with, Rob. Yeah, I've got a little commute bag going from the house down to the studio, a little bag that I have to carry up and down with all of that stuff in it. Well, I mean, yeah, you need to take care of your back. No wonder you work out. You've got to lift all that stuff. Absolutely. As you with your trolley full of stickers and me with my bag full of bags. Don't even even joke about my trolley full of stickers. It's a problem, Rob. It's a problem. I know. It is. It is. I think you should see someone around that. 
<laughs> just tell me they sell stickers and I'll be there tomorrow. <laughs> I um, appreciate you sharing with us the um, way in which you do goals, but also not just the not just the setting of them, which everybody will talk to you about this time of year, but the tracking of them and, and how you use stationery to do that. I mean, seven books is quite <laughs> a lot, but at the same time, you know, we are stationery freaks and that's just inevitable. That's it. I think. That's it. The one thing I didn't mention actually, which I, uh, once I'm back in the studio, I'm in a rental house at the moment. Once I'm back in the studio in the, in the house, once it's finished, I do have a whiteboard. And what I usually do is I, I write down all the things that I'm trying to publish. So we've got I've got a column for Stationary Freaks. I've got a column for my meeting notes, which is my other newsletter, and videos and all the other stuff. And I just put a, a simple mark in there when I do post something. Uh, you know the simple, like you do four lines yeah. and then one through it to, to indicate that you've done five. I do have that in the studio, so I will populate that. And that's the kind of real-time visual metrics that I look at to yeah. – you know, to see whether I'm on track as well. So that's actually an important piece that I did miss. So apologies, re- uh, listeners. I do like the idea of visual um, yeah. confirmation, that feedback for saying, you know, you are making progress because it's a lot of progress is tiny, tiny steps, right? Most is. people don't make progress by taking huge leaps. Um, and it's you get this in, in companies that, I shouldn't probably talk about this. Companies that do agile transformation, they'll get somebody in who can make a few small changes that make a big impact. Yeah. And then they move on. And the hard stuff is in the micro gains later on. Yeah. And, and it's diminishing law of diminishing returns, isn't it? But actually, that's where the hard work is. And that's where the um, progress really happens. Because if you work out, you're going to note suddenly from nothing. You suddenly have all sorts of aches and pains, but your body changes shape relatively quickly at first. Over time, you're, you know, improving your personal best by one kilo on your deadlift is a massive deal, right? Yeah. But it's tiny uh, at the beginning. At the beginning, you increase your deadlift by five kilos because, frankly, you, you've done nothing. <laughs> you can do that. That's right. Yeah. You, start, you started from zero. Um, I think that that's the important thing about um, tracking anything. Um, when you're trying to continuously improve and make yourself a little bit better and you sound like you've got this done is this visual feedback to say I am making progress and I know yeah. these small tiny things don't show but it shows as a whole at the end of the year I think that's really uh, 100% yeah 100% you know I mean, and one of my big goals one of my painted pictures outcomes I guess is to try and make a living from publishing rather than consulting because a it's uh, slightly more meaningful and uh, B, it's uh, slightly more creative and enjoyable. And I wrote a little thing at the top of the, the ledger, which says you can't be a publisher if you don't publish anything. I mean, it's as simple as that. There's a clue in the word. <laughs> and so that whiteboard acts as the, are you publishing stuff? Um, you know, or is your dream wrong? You know, maybe you don't want to be a publisher because you're not publishing anything, you know, and then you can try and work out why, what's wrong. And I think that's the key is, I guess having metrics where metrics make sense to try and galvanize the behaviors that you're after and and give you that feedback as you go through the journey. Um, and also to see the pace of it, you know, there's no point suddenly publishing 12 YouTube videos all on one day. That makes no sense whatsoever um, when you could do one a, a month, for example. So you can see your progress, but you can also clarify whether what you're after is actually really, truly, deeply what you're after, which, you know, I think a lot of people have dreams and wishes that, are other people's dreams and wishes. And I think I'm trying to avoid falling into that trap. 
I think that's good. That's good advice. I'm going to go and find myself a whiteboard to write on it. You know, a writer has to write because if you don't exactly. write, then you're not a writer, are you? And <laughs> um, well, it's it's not that you mind that. It's that you'll let other things get in the way. You love doing what you do, but yeah. as you say, is this really what you enjoy doing, or is this just somebody else's? Yeah, because uh, you do. We do this for other people, right? We do all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. But I'm reminded of um, Sir Ken Robinson, the late Sir Ken Robinson. I'm a huge fan of Sir Ken Robinson. Um, he's got a brilliant TED talk on schools killing creativity, which is uh, excellent. And I was lucky enough to go and see him um, a couple of years before he passed away. And uh, one thing he said was, if you tell yourself that you love something, but you don't do it, you have to ask whether or not you really, truly do love that. And it really stuck with me. You know, If I love the idea of being a writer, but I don't write, yeah. Am I actually lying to myself, you know, because if you truly deeply loved something, you'd probably find the space and the energy and time to do it. And so I'm constantly thinking about that as I go through this journey. Do I really want to be a publisher? Yes, because I am publishing stuff. And But you've got to keep reminding yourself of that. Are you lying to yourself? Are you living a dream that somebody else has set for you? And well, for and you me, get to the end of the year and you've not made any progress on your goals and how demoralizing is that? It's because they're not uh, your goals. Yeah, possibly. You might Exactly. You might have the wrong goals. Um, so yeah, I do a sort of micro review halfway through the year just to make sure that I'm definitely, you know, not trying to achieve somebody else's dream. Um, but that's it. That's it in a nutshell. It sounds complicated. It probably is, but this is a sort of refinement, I guess, of, um, many, many years of goal setting. Um, and this, this kind of works for me. Yeah. Good. Good for you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you very much, everybody. I won't do the close down, Rob, because I can't remember all the things that we did <laughs> Well, awesome. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at stationaryfreaks.uk. And stationaryfreaks.com website is now working again. So please go there and you'll find all of the episodes a little bit more about us, plus a link to the newsletter, which goes out pretty much in synchronization with each of the podcasts. And we hope that's been helpful. Let us know how you're setting your goals. Let us know what systems, tools, process you use, because you know we geek out on this stuff. We do. We really, really do. <laughs> Yeah. And with that, we shall speak to you in the next podcast. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.